Hello, you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church of Mayopac. We worship on Sundays at 10 a.m., and you can watch us live either on Facebook or YouTube. And if you're in the area, there's always a seat saved for you. We hope that this message encourages you to continue growing in humility and faith. Thanks for listening. As it comes to us from the gospel according to John chapter 6, verse 24 to 35. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into a boat got into the boats, and they went to Capernaum looking for Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For it is on him that God the Father has set his seal. Then they, the disciples, said to him, What must we do to perform the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who has sent me. So they, the disciples, said to him, what are the signs you're going to give us then so that we may see it and believe in you? What works are you going to perform? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness as it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, it was not Moses who gave you bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I don't know about you, but this week I have been wrapped up in the Olympic whirlwind. Spent time this past week watching all the games and all the different events. It's always fascinating to see and hear the stories of these athletes who go to a competition such as this. But watching the Olympic Games got me thinking about a phrase or a saying that's probably overused at this point, and it's really not original. It got me thinking about what those uh, parents or teachers or friends or mentors shout out when you're having a difficult time. You've probably said it yourself or been on the receiving end, which is have faith in yourself. Have faith in yourself. 
yeah, okay. <laughs> Faith is great, don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. But by itself, faith is not much more than an idea. It's not much more than a concept or a conviction. And we all know that an idea or a conviction won't get you very far. So perhaps it's better that we say something more like, believe in yourself. Turning that idea into something that is more actionable. Turning the idea or faith in oneself or in God into something that is more actionable than just an idea. Believe in yourself. In a way, that's what Jesus is telling his disciples this morning, to believe. Jesus doesn't mention anything about the disciples having faith because he wants them to act on what they already know. And if you weren't paying attention to the reading, you can see that the disciples are struggling with acting on what they already know. How many times did they ask Jesus to give them a sign? How many times did they ask Jesus, well, what is it we're supposed to do? Jesus knows. Jesus doesn't want, as we know, to, for us this morning to focus just on faith, but how we act on that. But what if we find we don't have the strength or the capacity to believe? What if we find that we can't even muster the ability to believe in ourselves, let alone put our faith and trust in God? What then? This goes back to what I was talking about in terms of the Olympics. Because, man, watching some of these events, it was gut-wrenching to see some of those athletes take a tumble or a fall. They trained their lives for this event, and to see that happen is, is just gut-wrenching. One of the events this year where that happened was I was watching the, uh, the new skateboarding event that they had this year. And to see some of these young Olympians, some of them who were 13 years old or so, take a huge tumble, I would not want to know what that feels like. Fall, that was hard to watch. But what was great, though, to see afterwards was how some of their fellow competitors or their, these other athletes came over to comfort those who fell, to help support them. Taking in how these events unfold in ways that don't always uh, go according to plan, especially how some of these young athletes go to comfort each other, when I don't know if all adults would, I think it goes to show that we aren't always the most mature know-it-alls we claim to be. But this is all to say that those athletes believed in themselves, the training that they endured, the financial, the mental, the emotional cost of one into preparing for this one event, there's a lot of credit that should be given to them. I talk about these struggles the athletes go through because 
Of course, some are going to struggle more than others, like us in our own lives. Some of us struggle more than others. And if we don't realize the toll that the stress, that kind of stress places on the body, the strain that it has on our physical and mental ability, if we don't realize how that happens, how can we begin to approach our own understanding of belief if we can't even empathize with someone else? I don't think we always ask ourselves about the toll of believing in oneself or believing in God, believing in our ability to carry out this work, because maybe we don't want to ask ourselves this question of belief, because we might think it means we're showing a sign of weakness, or we're displaying vulnerability that just isn't acceptable. But to know for ourselves and thinking about belief and how we act on it, to understand our own journey of life and faith and how we live and move and have our being, to know that when enough is enough and when we need a break, that when we understand our body has reached its physical and mental limit, that takes real courage. That takes real courage. And those who criticize athletes or criticize others for stepping back and taking a break or to realize that they have reached a point they can't go beyond, those who criticize that, I think, are too often scared to face what's going on in their own hearts themselves. So they lash out in fear. That's why we have to ask this empathetic question of what it means to believe. Not just believing in the work that other people do, but what it means to believe in ourselves. And I think it's okay for us, for us to wonder, to ask what it means to believe in our own work and in our following of Jesus, because even if we don't have all the answers, Jesus still sets a place for us at the table. We might not be Olympic athletes, but we are all under a certain amount of pressure. We're under pressure to perform in our work. We're under pressure to perform in our lives, to perform in our relationships. That's not even accounting for all the other pressures that are out there that we face. And it can reach the point where it becomes unbearable. That's why I want to say this, is that today we often talk about the communion table being a place of welcome for all people, and I don't want us to forget that. But I want us today to think about the table as being a place of welcome for yourself. 
that the communion table for us today in the midst of its greater meaning is also a place of welcome for you. It is a place of grace. It is a place of healing. A place for you to be reminded of the grace we don't often extend to ourselves. It's a place that's been prepared for you by Christ, who cares for you, who loves you. The seat that Christ prepares for you is ready for you to sit at at any time to be refreshed. And if you don't have the strength or if you find that you fell, Christ is going to go out and help bring you to the place you need to be. We all need a reminder about this grace that abounds in God. Grace that helps to heal ourselves. For we know that Jesus is the bread of life that will satisfy the hunger of our souls. There is grace enough to help our unbelief. And in coming to accept this grace, we'll find that we open up the possibility to be transformed by the power it offers. Jesus said to his disciples this morning and still says to us, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. To believe is to put our faith in action, to physically manifest the teachings of Jesus Christ, to making the teachings of Christ tangible, and to do so might take the endurance of an Olympian and the humility of Christ to say that there certainly will be moments in this journey of acting on our faith where our best is not enough or where we might not have brought our A game that day. Whether it be because life gets in the way or we have so much on our plate, what we planned can't happen. And that's where Jesus reminds us that belief or the act of believing is more than simply working ourselves to the bone. Belief or our ability to believe rests on our saying yes to God's grace. Grace that we can extend to ourselves knowing that our souls will wrestle with doubt, that they'll wrestle with pain. Grace that we can extend to ourselves to fill in the cracks of our broken hearts. Hearts that need mending. Grace that comes from the table God has set from the beginning of time so that all and truly all might find their place and find what it is their hearts are in need of for healing, for transformation, and for growth. Amen. 
Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.